you know, how brands really need to continually stay on top of those changes, because if you take one year off and not pay attention, you're doing last year's best practices, you're kind of screwed. I always say that Facebook is like dog years, like one, one human year is seven years in Facebook uh, years. Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. Today, we have a very special guest. This is the first time that we are having a guest on Social PR Secrets that was a former employee of Facebook. Adam Risbridger is our guest, and he spent about five years working at Facebook during, we're going to call it the golden years, from 2011 through 2017. This was pre-business manager days. This was when it was like the wild, wild west. And it was around the time when I started experimenting on Facebook ads right when they came out. So Adam is going to walk us through the past, present, and future when it comes to Facebook content and creating ads the algorithm loves. He's going to talk about what works when it comes to creative, the types of ads that work the best, and what doesn't work. So welcome, Adam, and I hope you like this episode. Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets, and my name is Lisa Beyer, and I'm here with Adam Risbridger. Hey, Adam, how are you? Good, thanks, Lisa. How are you doing? Good. I'm really excited because this is actually the first episode that we're talking to a former Facebook employee and talking about Facebook ads and algorithms and all that fun stuff. That's great. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. So we've been working together now for a couple of years on several different accounts, working on Facebook advertising. And I just wanted to have you on today to kind of give us the top tips of how to beat, is it possible to beat the Facebook algorithm when it comes to ad content? It's not easy, but, and it's something that takes long, a long time, but it's definitely possible. Well, before we get into it, tell us a little bit about your background. You spent five years at Facebook and how did that come about? Oh, yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's a long story. I actually applied back in 2011 for a position in, in Ireland. So I used to work at their European headquarters in Ireland. And I, yeah, I just applied. And then it took a year almost uh, for, for me to hear back from Facebook. And then I went there, a lot of interviews, a uh, lot of paperwork. And then I joined there in December 2012. And did they put you through training? How did that How did that work out? How was the onboarding and what did it look yeah, like your first couple of years? So back then, Facebook is very different now compared to, you know, back in 2012, it just more or less just started with ads the year before I came on. There was no mobile app, nothing like that. So there wasn't a lot of structure as you can assume for, you know, it's a fast growing startup, but they had on papers some training, but it was more or less up to, you know, you have to go in and just read documents and learn things and learn about the algorithm, which is like very different today (laughs) compared to back then. But it was a lot of like self-learning back then. Yeah, it was before business manager. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Oh oh, yeah. Oh yeah. The years before. Back then it was, everything was done in Salesforce. It was a really hacky connection they had with Salesforce and you have to ask days in advance to get ad accounts. It was, it was, it was the wild west when it comes to Facebook advertising back then for sure. Yeah. I remember that actually when I think it was right around 2010, 2011 that I, I was also, everybody was having to teach themselves any type of Facebook advertising strategies. Mm-hmm. And I was using it as a way to put a layer on top of our PR activities and part of the PR strategy. So 
I started using it for my clients from that point of view. And then I started also just learning it. And then I taught a couple workshops and courses on Facebook advertising right around 2010, 2011, 2012. And then it just started to get so complicated that, you know, I was definitely not the the best person to be teaching Facebook advertising, but I've been basically on the platform from an ad standpoint since day one. And so much has changed and it's, it's, you know, how brands really need to continually stay on top of those changes because if you take one year off and not pay attention, you're doing last year's best practices, you're kind of screwed. I always say that Facebook is like dog years, like one one human year is seven years in Facebook uh, years. So and like back then in, in the early days, you know, 2013, 14, you could basically set up anything you wanted, like it would work. CPM was so cheap. People were like new to Facebook ads. So there was, it was much easier to kind of get going fast and get results fast. And then around like 2014, 15, that's when things got more complicated. They started with looking more into like data using the Facebook pixel and, and so forth. So it definitely got more complex and also more crowded, more advertisers, you know, as obviously come, come onto the platform. So back then you didn't really compete with that many advertisers. And today you, you compete with thousands every day. So, so that's, that, I, I say that's the biggest challenge actually, if, if you look at today versus a couple of years back. I mean, I can remember when it was a thing to buy likes and get, you know, likes on your page and follows and that was important and that who had more likes, you know, which brand had the most likes if you're comparing yourself to the competition. And now I used to think it was good to have the the likes as long as they were a qualified audience, because then you could go and retarget them. Does that even matter anymore? Do you you even need to have an established Facebook page? So back then, people definitely, uh, they would visit the Facebook page more, more often than today. And, and you, you would have likes as more, more you know, quality metrics. Today, especially when you talk about ads and, and performance ads, like people don't really click on your Facebook page. So it doesn't really matter. And, and, and most people don't really care about Facebook likes so much right now compared to before. And a funny thing, actually, my presentation when, when doing the first interview at Facebook was actually a case to get more likes. <laughs> so <laughs> back then you can only buy likes to start with, likes and traffic basically. So the pixel, the more kind of conversion focused ads didn't come until around 2013-ish, I'd say 14. Yeah. And so here we are today, what should brands be focusing on today? Let's just say they're a new brand and they are trying to get established and they maybe just set up their Facebook page and now they want to look into the Facebook ads side of things. So yeah. what are what are some do's and don'ts and what is a must to the, start out with? Yeah, the most the most important thing right now, since you're competing with so many different advertisers and people are seeing so many ads, not only on Facebook, elsewhere as well every day, you need to compress your message. And what I mean with that is that you mean you need to simplify your message. And you can look at, for example, if you look at insights from, from say, uh, any Facebook campaign today, you can see that the average watch time is extremely short, only a couple of seconds. So it's not uncommon to see that 80% of your ads, only three or four seconds are actually watched 100 to 100%. Which, and, and this really, you, know, you kind of need to like tweak your creative based on this, because if you put any, for example, if you put any important call to actions at the end of the video, similar to like a, a, a TV ad or TV spots, 
most of your audiences would not see that message. So that's, that's why it's so important to compress your call to actions, compress your unique selling points early on. And, and something that we used to tell uh, clients at Facebook, uh, and you can also Google this and it's, it's on their support platform as well, is that you should have your main message in your video ad shown in the first three seconds. So yeah, I remember that. Like that. Compressed like that. I'd say that's the most, and the, I mean, there's a lot of other things as well, but that's, it is very common. And I see this every day, you know, really long videos on Facebook that, that doesn't really get to the point until 20, 30, 45 seconds into the video. And if you look at the drop off, you can calculate the drop off. And, you know, if only two or 3% of your you know, users see that video, you're not going to get any scale uh, from that campaign or from, for that specific message. Yeah. And let's also talk about the Facebook pixel because we're, yep. we're just actually working on a client right now that does not have the, the pixel installed on their website and it makes it very difficult to really track. Yes. And the, the biggest reason for installing the Facebook pixel, and this is also you know publicly available from Facebook, is that every user on Facebook is classified as something. So either you're classified as someone who purchased a lot of things or you download apps or you watch videos or you click on ads and so forth. And when you set up campaigns on Facebook, you have to choose a, an objective. So for example, an e-commerce store would choose purchases as their campaign objective. And if you have the, the Facebook pixel installed, Facebook will automatically, and just this is a really, <laughs> this is a simplification, but they will optimize campaigns for you automatically uh, based on the Facebook pixel data that's sent back. So that's why it's so important to have the Facebook pixel installed. And the reason for that is that you get an automated optimization by Facebook, by their machine learning to simplify things. <laughs> That's why it's so important. And their machine learning has become very smart in the past yep. couple of years, right? Definitely. It started out, as I said, it started out, you know, just, you know, clicks and likes back in the day. And today it's, it's measuring thousands of different data points for each user. So for example, it's, it's measuring similar to Google, like page speed, you know, how fast your web page loads. Do you have a lot of pop-ups? Anything like that is, if you have the Facebook pixel installed, anything like that will be measured by Facebook and then calculated as a quality score to simplify things. But yeah, there's a lot of things that's tracked other than just the conversions. Speaking of page speed, can we talk about that? If yeah. your page speed is is not up to par, what happens? Basically, you have if you have a slow website or things are not loading as they should, your drop off, your, your page balance will will increase, uh, and your conversion rate. At, in the end, your conversion rates will suffer. This is so. There's two things that's actually happening. The first thing is just people have no patience today. And this kind of goes in hand in hand with the view through rate on video ads as well. But people don't have any patience waiting for websites that load slowly. So they will just bounce. The second thing is that Facebook will pick this up, similar to Google. They will see that the, web, the website takes quite a lot of time to load and that will get you know sent back to Facebook and you will then get a lower quality score compared to other faster websites, so to say. So this one account that we're working on together, I noticed that they have the they have the desktop version and then they have the mobile version. So do you recommend that overall um, like for that for the landing page to, to have like a complete mobile version where it's a different URL? Yeah, no, I, I think the the best thing is definitely to have one la one fast loading landing page that's the dynamic. 
and something that loads fast, that's the most important thing. And, and the second thing is that you need to be able to change and design and, and optimize that web, that, that, that landing page. That's the most important thing. Can we talk about just some key points to make yeah. it, whether it's the dynamic landing page to make it sure, making sure that it's mobile friendly, like what, what should be expected? What should be standard? Yeah, definitely. So I think just page speed itself, how fast it loads is, is definitely something that's important. But the also, if you think about mobile landing page, for example, assuming that 95% of your purchase traffic on Facebook will be from mobile. The difference between desktop landing pages is that if you look at how a, a mobile page loads, you won't get as much content loading in the first screen or above the fold as a desktop website. So this means that you need to put all your important call to actions early on, especially since you also have to consider the, the drop-off or the, the page bounce. So if people are not hooked immediately on your landing page, they will bounce and your commercial rate will suffer. So it's, it's again, it's a, it's a matter of, you have to consider the uh, attention span for your users. And can you also talk to us about the latest update that everybody's kind of freaking out about and should we be? <laughs> the Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I'll try to simplify it because it's, it's quite technical, but, but basically what's happening right now is that today when you track anything on mobile, for example, you use something called IDFA, Identifier for Advertisers. So it's basically a mobile pixel that's assigned to your device. So Facebook uses this to track conversions on mobile. Uh, mobile apps are using it and so forth. There's a lot, basically the whole industry of ad analytics or tracking is built on top of this for Apple devices. So what's happening now, any day now actually, is that Apple will remove that and implement their own API for, for tracking mobile users. This means that it's likely that your attributed conversions will suffer. You will see less attributed conversions from Facebook because they're not going to be able to match the Facebook user to that IDFA similar to they are doing today. So that's uh, just to keep things simple. That, that's what's happening. So both Facebook and also Twitter, Pinterest, any other network, Google, they are trying to implement their own ways of tracking this. Apple has kind enough <laughs> provided us with an alternative called SK Ad Network but it's not as technical or it's not as detailed as the current tracking solution is. So yeah, so that's basically what's happening right now. And it, it will mainly impact mobile apps more so than, than e-commerce or any uh, web advertisers today. But I, I think that with time, I hope that Apple will you know, improve their system and that at some point in the future, we can kind of get back to the same level of data that we get today in terms of tracking. Let's hope so. Yeah. We're waiting for the big day. Yes. Hello? Oh, wait, is this thing on? Hi, it's Lisa Beyer. I just wanted to tell you really quick, I'm launching a course called Modern PR Secrets, and I wanted you to be the first to know. You can check it out at thebuyergroup.com under resources. Now let's get back to this interview. I wanted to talk about top of funnel, middle of funnel, and bottom yep. of funnel, and realistic expectations, and what you recommend typically to kind of not be so, you know, we see it all the time working together, clients that are, you know, heavily focused on bottom of funnel, or if they are doing top of funnel, they still want to see bottom of funnel results. So yep. what are what's some advice that you could give here? So my first advice is not to be 
caught up with the whole uh, top, mid, bottom funnel uh, approach, especially now, I have to add that with the upcoming iOS 14 changes, uh, you're not going to be able to have as many campaigns live as before. So that's going to kind of limit you. And also with, since the, uh, the tracking is not going to be as accurate as today, it will be a bit more difficult to track top of funnel versus bottom of funnel. But I can say this, there's two ways that people convert. The, the, the main way is that they see an ad uh, and they click on it and they just convert. You want to reach as many people as that as possible. So just last second buyers and impulse buyers, especially for e-commerce websites. The other, the other way that people convert is through retargeting. So people that went to your site, they might have added their product to a cart or so forth. You want to retarget those people. So there's only actually two, two funnels uh, that you need to care about. The, the, the prospecting part, which is super important to reach new user at scale, and the retargeting. The mid-funnel approach is it's a bit difficult because people are typically not converting through funnels. It's not that people will see a top funnel ad, they click on it, and then a week later say, hey, mm, I remember this, uh, I need some more time, and then you, you, you convert them through a bottom funnel. That is not really how people convert. The majority is just clicking on ads they see, and they convert straight away. And that's why it's so important to have in the main message early on in the video so people know what, what it is and a fast loading website so that when they actually do click on the, on the ad, they can actually see, they actually can understand what it's about and they, and they get a call to action. So, so I, I'd say that top funnel or prospecting uh, and retargeting is actually the only thing you need to care about today. That makes sense. And yeah. I think just looking at it from... Uh, maybe just a perspective that's like higher than Facebook and looking mm-hmm. at, I can't remember the exact number, but it's something like, you know, there's seven to 10 or more touch points that somebody, a brand is going to have with a, a prospect before they convert to maybe giving their email address or, yeah. you know, or, or buying something. And so those aren't all happening on Facebook. And so the, the top of funnel brand awareness could be happening through PR or through an event that, you know, that somebody's speaking at or through even PPC or YouTube. And then all of a sudden they're being hit with an ad after they visit the website that the ad is then from Facebook. Yeah. And I think that that's where I think there's a a breakdown and a disconnect with expectations when it comes to just, just marketing and digital marketing in general with Facebook being one, one of the many channels that there are touch points and people get so caught up in this, this last click attribution, like they're giving full credit to whether it's Facebook or PPC or organic, it's not just happening from from that one channel at that one touch point. Yeah, Um, exactly. Uh, I mean, touch attribution is is the single most uh, difficult things to crack and no one has really no one has really cracked it yet. Facebook has some solutions for it called Facebook attribution. It's a bit messy. And also, again, with the iOS 14 changes coming up, it's, it's going to be even more difficult. Uh, because at least now, today, you can say that, you know, because of the IDFA, you can say that, okay, this person went to this app, this person went to this website, and then they converted. So you can get some signals and you can model a, a multi-touch attribution, attribution that way. But that's going to be even more difficult. So I always say this, make sure your website is super fast. Make sure your ads are super simple to understand. Compress your message because at least then you know that you're doing the best you can. And you want to make sure that any click counts. So any any traffic getting your website counts. So, so that's why it's so important to have this page speed under control, which 
most of advertisers being working with do not have that under control. So it's so true. And, you know, page speed is a PR issue. It really yeah. is. I mean, somebody is trying to get to your site, basically trying to walk in the door of your store, but it's your website mm. and they can't get in and they're yeah. basically locked out and they're waiting and waiting. It's like that, like you said, people are so impatient. It's like, I'm just picturing myself waiting, like on the passenger side of my door and waiting for my husband to yeah. unlock it. And I'm like, come on, like, I want to get in, you know, extremely frustrating for sure. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. And I also have to add that not only Facebook is obviously looking on this, but for example, the upcoming changes on Google in terms of SEO ranking, they're going to include page speed as a, as a, as a key factor there. So it's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons, not only in terms of bounce rates and conversion rates, but there's a lot of reasons, you know, in terms of Google rankings, Facebook quality rankings and so forth. So fast, fast web pages. Super important. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So can you give us any tips? You, we already talked a little bit about your, your tip about having the call to action right at the beginning, mm -hmm. but when it comes to creative and different, different types of, of ad units are, do some work better than others? I, I know we do a lot when we work together, we do a lot of animation, yep. just quick, quick little um, looping videos, but what else could you recommend? Yes, it's definitely, it depends on the, on the product. I'd say for like e-commerce, it's, it's all about the product, making sure it's featured and looks good and, and so forth. But for, you know, SaaS ads, for example, or, or any kind of complex products, you just need to compress and animations is a great way to do that. You can also use carousel ads. We can fit up to nine different cards in one ad, but it, it, it depends. I think, but for all, for all verticals, you know, e-commerce, SaaS, CPG and so forth, Compressing your message always works better than having a long form, a long form uh, video. And this is also something that Facebook officially says. You can Google six seconds Facebook ads, and I'm sure you can you'll get to the Facebook page about this on their support their support platform. So so they they recommend you know up to six seconds short form videos animations. From, from most brands, we didn't talk about that's going to help with the this update is the lead lead ads that yeah. we're, we're not taking them off Facebook. So can we talk about that? Because we're using that together actually as kind of a way to buffer this. Yeah, exactly. So lead ads, uh, Facebook lead ads will still be trackable since you're not leaving the platform. It's still a bit unclear exactly you know, long-term how that's going to be impacted. And Apple hasn't been the best in terms of giving detailed guidelines for, for each specific channel. But as of right now, according to your official docs, lead ads will still be trackable since you, you're actually not, you can take people uh, to a landing page after they convert, but that's not where the conversion happens. It happens on Facebook. So yeah, if you can get lead ups up and running with good creative and, and, and a really clear message, you can get, that's, that's a great benefit to have. Yeah. I mean, I like to give the advice to clients. This is more like from the, for the Facebook page standpoint is to treat your Facebook page like it's an extension of your website, yeah. making sure that it's all up to date and optimized and you're taking advantage of basically all the free free ways to promote your business from the cover image to the profile image to yeah. even to Facebook offers. You can list your events that are yeah. going to be happening at your company. So do you recommend doing the ads, doing, actually boosting the events that from the page? Does that work? You, yeah, you, you can boost events. So virtual events, you, you can boost. That works. It, it's, it's, again, I, th I think the, in terms of event ads, it's important to have a clear agenda off, off the uh, agenda of the event and make sure people understand what they're signing up for. But it's definitely possible. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just was wondering if it works as well as it used to, like, is it something that's kind of not as effective or do the event ads, are they still a thing versus doing, let's say a a blog post that talks about an event and you're sending them to do a more of a link ad for, for traffic too. Yeah. It it used to work really well right now because of um, COVID everyone is doing virtual events. So everyone Mm -hmm. is blasting Facebook with uh, event ads. It's definitely it's more crowded right now. It's more expensive mm-hmm. uh, than used to be, but that might, you know, that's, that might be uh, temporary for sure. Okay. Is there anything that we didn't cover? Any last bit of any secrets that you can share with for Facebook ads and content that we can help beat the algorithm? Yeah, I think you mentioned Facebook page and keep it updated and, and use all the features. And that's actually something that Facebook looks at when they give you a quality score. So for example, answering incoming messages fast is something that will be a quality signal for Facebook. So there's a lot of things you can do there, which doesn't take a lot of time. So, and I think that's going to even, I think that's going to increase more in the future as well, because Facebook will kind of run out of things to measure in terms of the Facebook pixel. So they have to start looking at how fast you reply and more like human things. So they, they measure everything in terms of data, in terms of page speed, conversion rate, all that kind of stuff. And that's very easy to scale with data. They can get millions of signals sent back to Facebook, but it's always the, the human side, which is, for example, in terms of how fast you answer messages and, and so forth. That's difficult to measure, but they, they are definitely looking at that. So yeah, I would recommend to answer your, your messages. And not, not a lot of businesses are actually doing that. So if you do that, not only will you, you know, if you message someone on Facebook, a business today, it will actually say, it will say in the message how fast you typically answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you answer fast, you, you, it will say you know, something like usually answers within an hour or so. And I think that's a, a key. I think that's something that, that the users definitely expect. Yes. And I would say that's something that is a PR category, well, sure. how, how quick your response time is, how quick your, your page speed is, you know, if you're if your website or your Facebook page is up to date or not, if the last time you posted a, a blog post or something in your newsroom, if it was a year ago, then people yeah. are going to think you're out of business, but Google will also be like, okay, there's no content being added here. So they're not going to give you that yeah. much of a, a boost or any brownie points. Yeah, for sure. So, well, Adam, thank you so much. Do you have any resources that you want to recommend for people? Like, is, is it worth it to go through Facebook blueprint or any other? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Facebook Blueprint is amazing. It's uh, it's definitely something I, I do recommend. They have a lot of training materials as well. There's also a, something called Removing Friction that Facebook has published. And basically that talks about removing friction, friction for users in terms of page loads and all that kind of stuff, which is amazing. So that's something I recommend Googling as well. But Blueprint is amazing for learning the basis of Facebook. And also it's quite, it can be quite technical if you want, like in terms of the algorithm and so forth. So definitely recommended. Okay, great. Well, if you want to meet up with Adam and have any consulting or work on some projects, you can actually contact us at the buyer group because Adam is working with us now yes. and we're so excited to have you. Yeah. So, or you can connect with Adam on LinkedIn, but thank you, Adam, so much for sharing all of these social PR secrets about Facebook yeah. ads and more. And if you think of anything else, we'll have you on again for the next update. Looking forward. Okay. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.